but the healing part that I've known and believe in is that when we come together in small groups, we change so much ourselves in the world. I need to stop living in my head and start living instead. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of the Living Instead podcast. It's your girl, Olivia Lane, and I'm so happy to be back with y'all. Have you guys been enjoying my Christmas song, Feeling Like Christmas? Have you seen it yet? If you haven't, you need to go check it out. It will get you all up in your Christmas feels, I promise you. You got me feeling like Christmas. After this year, guys, I think we all deserve some holiday cheer and spirit and to allow ourselves to give ourselves a little bit of light and grace and love and all the holiday cookies we could ever enjoy. Couple of announcements for my people who live in Nashville. I am playing a couple shows here. I know actual live shows with actual socially distanced live people in the room. It's crazy. I don't know how I'm going to respond. It's been so long, but so December 9th, I'm playing at the listening room and then December 10th, I'm playing at third and Lindsley. So you can go on their websites and get tickets. I'm very excited for it. I'm going to try and do a live stream show for you guys. Uh, hopefully maybe from the December 10th show, but that shows with Smithfield. They're amazing. So I'm super excited about those two shows. And what else? What else? Oh, like and review this podcast if you love what you hear. It really, really helps you guys because the more people that leave reviews, well, one, I love just seeing your reviews, but two, it helps more people uh, see the podcast. It drives it up to all the podcasting wizards out there that run all of the podcasting spaces where people see podcasts. I don't really know how it works, but it helps. So it would really help me um, and make my heart happy just to see what you guys think of this podcast. So please go leave a review. I think you can go leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you listen to Apple Podcasts. And yeah, that's, uh, I think that's all I got. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the incredible guests that I have on this week. Let's get to it. My next guest is an author, speaker, priest, social entrepreneur, and founder of the Nashville-based Thistle Farms, which is a sanctuary to heal, empower, and employ female survivors of human trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. On a larger scale, her life and business have been dedicated to the movement of women's freedom and being a justice warrior. Welcome to the Living Instead podcast, Becca Stevens. Hi, Becca. I am so unbelievably grateful that you have carved out some of your crazy, busy time to be here. You are just a woman working 24-7, it seems like. It's a lot going on. <laughs> but I'm happy to, as I was telling you, I'm so happy to sit down and just have a conversation. Thank you. Stories and conversations, I believe you said it, it changes the culture, it changes the landscape of where we go as human beings. Yeah. It does. And we need it now more than ever just to be able to see somebody even virtually or however we get to contact and say, how are you to make a space for people? Anybody that's paying attention in the world right now has some grieving going on and that living your life, part of it has to be about a space to connect and say, yeah, I'm feeling worried about this or I'm sad about this or I'm happy about this and just taking a moment to do that. So this is a gift. Yay. Well, let's dive into your story. You experienced some pretty traumatic events very early on in your life. I, I get a lot of fans reaching out to me because I like to spread light and love and positivity. And they are very honest with 
their struggles that they're going through and maybe they don't have a happy home life or something traumatic happened to them. And they're always asking for love, healing, what should I do? And I want to hear how you got through what you went through. Yeah. My message to your fans for all of them is to run to safe community, run to safe community. Don't walk. That's where most of the healing work happens. And it can be a small group of people. It can be a group that has a common bond through different things, but I really think none of this work are we intended to heal it all on our own, and I sure didn't. So mine story includes my dad was killed by a drunk driver when I was five, and then there was sexual abuse for years with one of the elders in the church. But when I look back over my life and how it could have gone a different way and how it was that I found a lot of hope and healing. It was honestly, I felt it through the presence of other people who were doing exactly what you're talking about doing, that you bring out this positivity and light and you have this compassion and you have this ability to bring people some hope. And that's what happened for me. I was the recipient of a lot of that. A lot of it was through my mom's friends. It was through school. It was through sports, whatever those things are that bring us into the first spaces where we can start thinking and feeling and being together. And so when I got ordained, I was really young when I was ordained. I actually got ordained the same year I had Levi. I know you interviewed him, but I was, I was eight and a half months pregnant when I got ordained with Levi. And I knew from the moment that um, I got ordained that my hope was to really reach out to women who had been trafficked, who had been abused on the streets, who had huge addiction issues and say, you don't have to do any of it anymore. You don't have to go to prison. You don't have to live on the streets. You don't have to sell your body. Come live in community and experience what it means for love to heal for you. And we'll just provide you all the resources. We don't need to be the hero of your story. We're just going to be good hosts so you can be the hero. So that's what we did. And we opened up the very first house, 1997, here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we started calling people to come together and say, give in gratitude for the mercy you've known. We weren't taking any federal money. We weren't doing any of that. It was, we want you, all of us, to be know the healing power of love. So we have to give and we have to receive in that love. So come together and let's figure it out. And it was, it changed my life. It was this great gift. It changed how I understood and the lens I read the gospel with. Stories started making sense. It's like, I'm seeing it. I'm experiencing it. I know this healing. This is beautiful. So we grew and we kept growing houses. And then we realized if we're talking about love, we have to be concerned about people's economic well-being. So we started this bath and body care company because on average, the women that we were welcoming into the community the first abused around the age of nine and first hit the streets around 15. And we just opened a safe house recently. And the very first person that came in the safe house, she was a 16 year old girl. So we started that company and then we kept opening more houses. There's about 50 sister communities now and 30 global partners. And this whole idea is that it grows community, small community grows exponentially. And then it has the big impact. And I think people sometimes think they have to start with this big idea of community and it's overwhelming and it doesn't help. But the healing part that I've known and believe in is that when we come together in small groups, 
we change so much ourselves in the world change so much back to that self healing that you had to do for yourself and i'm sure it's a continual process because we are human we are flawed <laughs> we are always going to have our journey and our path when you were going through what you were going through as a young woman when did you realize how important community was i knew that community was important i knew that was what was keeping me going again whether it was in school or church or wherever i was and so when i left college I, the very first thing I did is I went to live in community with a group called Bread for the World that was feeding hungry kids. So I, I think I've known it like I've known I've had brown eyes. I know that I want to be around people that share values and organize and make this world a better place. I've known that forever. I don't know how I've known it. And the other thing I was going to say is just that for me and I think for everybody listening, we know that forgiveness is not an event, it's a journey. And this journey of forgiveness that you're right, you have to continue to be on. It's a, partly a journey I can make because I have so much gratitude for the communities I have been in. It offers me so much like the idea that I can count on people to walk with me and love me and they can count on me that I will walk with them and love them. It makes things like forgiveness and mercy real. Absolutely. I've had my own journey with therapy and not only is forgiveness for somebody important, but forgiveness to yourself also is so important. And like these women who are coming to you in a really tough spot, there probably is a lot of self-doubt and self-blame and shame wrapped up in all of that. Yes. And trauma and self-doubt and humiliation. And there's also this thing of you're not coming in just with emotional stuff. There's a lot of actual physical reality barriers to keep them from, un, you know, like to get to a community, to get to freedom, to get to forgiveness. You think about you have a criminal record. We put women in prison all the time who are victims. We do that. So women are victimized long before we criminalize them or we make sure that they have so many barriers they could never get a driver's license back or they could never own a home or get custody of their children back. So there are these other things that continue that shame and that fear and that anger by the blocks in the systems that are somewhat unjust towards women who are survivors. So our goal has always been to say, what does it look like to remove those barriers so that you can find those spiritual gifts? Like, how can we help it where we can help pay back court fines? We can help expunge your records so you can see your children. Whatever it is that we need to be able to do, that's part of our goal is to say, these really practical things that are very loving help the spiritual healing happen. Oh, that's so good. That's so good because all of us have a gift. We've all been born with amazing spiritual gifts. And the world noise starts to pile up. All of these narratives you think that you are, all these things you're told as a young person, and then you grow and you, you start to live around those false narratives, and then all the wounding happens, and then your financial situation, all of that starts to pile on, and it seems you can either drown in it, which I've definitely been in seasons of my life where I felt like I was drowning in all of my stuff, but I think it goes back to that gratitude, that path of gratitude and forgiveness for yourself. 
and that's what you guys provide, which is such an amazing thing. And it's also having conversations about it. It's being open about it. It's redefining and what you just said, how do we shift the narrative? How do we shift the cultural landscape of how we see and, and treat these women? And I think that we have, I think that's already going on. I think some of that shifting has happened. I mean, back when we first opened the very first house, if you think 23 years ago, nobody was talking about a 16 year old girl as being trafficked. We named her all kinds of stuff, horrible stuff and dismissed her, put her in detentions and graduated her to prison. That's not happening anymore. I really believe the five women who came into Thistle Farms and grew a movement for women's freedom around the country, around long-term housing first programs, they have changed some of that language. Those survivor leaders have helped change laws and enact policies that are more just so we don't have that same. There's still so much stigma and there's so much shame. You're right that the conversations have to continue and be normalized. But the other thing I want to say to you is I also think another great, more recent example is the hashtag me too has changed things really has changed some of the conversation and what was acceptable is not acceptable as far as not believing and not listening. And I stand with her now. That never was a part of the conversation when, when we were starting this in the mid nineties, just wasn't there. I have this memory of walking into the jail in Nashville, Tennessee. This is probably maybe 95. And I was talking about the house that I wanted to open and women started crying. And I had no idea that women would be weeping at the idea of you can come live free for two years and this is your home. There's no authority in the house. We're going to do everything we can to support you. And women were crying. That hadn't changed, but I, I think people long for a sanctuary, a safe place. So that longing, like it's a human longing and that doesn't change. We have a hundred women on our waiting list. It's crazy how many folks just in our community that, and the, the women that I've worked with, and I can say this cause it's been over decades. It's like women that you would cross the street, not to have to see or to have a conversation with women, young women that just seem like they're just way gone. You watch and you work with folks over a couple 20 years and they're leading whole programs now. They're leaders. They've gone back and gotten graduate degrees. They're homeowners, they're moms. And I've seen this long transformation. It is a long commitment, the kind of cultural transformations and individual transformations you're talking about. But when you see it, it makes you never want to give up on anybody in the whole wide world ever. You have no idea what's inside. And if they get good medical care, the right, mental health meds, if they get in right recovery programs, if they find the right spiritual community for them, if all those things are in place and they get their economics back, the light comes back on and people are powerful witnesses to love. And you are deeply, intimately rooted in these people's lives. It must be so difficult to watch them as they go down their path. And maybe sometimes they, they take one step forward and then they take five steps back. But like you said, it's a long game. It's a long journey. And I think sometimes, especially with social media, you only get little bits of things like be happy or chase your bliss, just be you. And it's, there's a lot there to unpack with be yourself. There is a long journey that some people have to go on to find themselves and to find their light and to find it again. Absolutely. And that the way we always say it is it's a long flight, 
Like you're on the plane, you're not getting off. So for me, it's not like a grassroots movement. It's like a tree roots movement. Like we're planning something deep and we're staying until you see the potential of that hundred year old oak beside the acorn. We gotta see it. We have to, we have to, and you have to have faith. You have to have faith in people and in humanity and believe that people can make with their free will. We do ultimately want to be good and we want to help other people. It's just sometimes the world and life and my personal belief, Satan, every, it all gets in the way and then we get off course. And, but there are paths and there are tools like Thistle Farms and like Magdalene and therapy and ways to, if you feel like you've lost your light, to find it again. And it, yes, and I also want to say that never has that been more important than now. Never. This is a time to use the word resilience. This is the time to use the word hope. All the things you're talking about that the news is not just what you see when you swipe left on your phone. It's, there's a lot of people that never make the quote unquote news who are doing amazing work. And I get to see it every day and it is one of the biggest gifts. And it's if we could really celebrate how people still hope and are resilient through this pandemic that is just crawling through this year and is relentless on our lives. Claim peace, claim hope, claim resiliency and go out there and preach it because the world needs to hear it. Absolutely. In terms of this whole social media movement and so much available at our fingertips on our phones, everybody today wants to be an influencer and they want to affect some sort of change, but maybe they might not realize the complete long game that's there. When you started Thistle Farms and Magdalene, I'm sure that was not even really part of the equation. It started at that root, that tree root, that deep root of, well, let's just help people. Let's just love people. How have you, how has social media made an impact for you? And how have you seen social media impact your business? Because I can assume that was probably also, okay, we have way more of an outreach now. We have access to more women, potentially. I don't know. No, 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 definitely. And I will say whenever we've done a national event, we get as many people reaching out for help as we get donations or people buying our products because we have the full line of bath and body care products. In some ways, and you may feel this way, in some ways, social media is just another thing on your to-do list. It's like in all the business stuff, oh yeah, I need to do this or I'm, I need to write this for Thistle Farms or for my own Instagram account. There's a lot of stuff to do on it, but in many ways too, it's again, never been more important than now. In our Nashville location, the national headquarters for Thistle Farms, we have a cafe and we have a store. Last year, that store brought in about a million dollars in sales. We're down less than 50% of where we were last year because, I mean, since March, it's been on and off closed the entire time and the cafe has been on and off closed. What has saved us has been our online orders. And a lot of that happens through- I'm burning my Thistle Farms candle now, everybody. Go look at the products. Oh, look at that mug. There's so many things to choose from, guys. <laughs> but that has kept us going. So I have, and again, that is one of the avenues to share good news. That is one of the great avenues. We don't do that and we abuse it or we just make it this huge thing about trying to get on TikTok for a dance that 50 other million people are doing that drives me crazy. But 
there's a lot of opportunity for good. And this year, again, I'm just so grateful for anybody that's followed me on Instagram and follows the story. I'm so grateful because it, it's kept us going, Thistle Farms and myself. What about you? How do you approach social media? I do think some days I'm just in the hamster wheel of got to post something, got to keep people engaged, la, 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 la. And that fruit for me really proves to be a, a negative place in a headspace. And so I always have to remember why I'm doing this. And it's for changing hearts of my fans. Like I thrive and I love when I, when I see a message from a fan that said, hey, you did this story and it made me laugh. Or hey, you did this story and I had a really rough day and your song really got me through. Even if it's a solace or a piece for three minutes, which I think at the root of it, that's why a lot of musicians do what they do. It's because they want, they themselves feel healing in music, but when I can transcend that for myself to other people and spread that healing, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. That's so pretty. That's it's so my bliss. <laughs> it's, it's my testimony. <laughs> Oh, that's good. And I think there are days when you're in the grind and it, it's life sucking. And then there's days when it's, I'm hitting my purpose and this feels like a gift and it's beautiful. I mean, that's great. There's nothing else you can do. That's why you have to keep going even when you're not inspired. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you got to remember that there's hope and people do change and, and you can find your light if you feel like you're in the darkness right now. And Thank you so much, Becca, for doing this. We're going to end on a really fun lightning round for people to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So I'm going to say the first part of the sentence, and then you're going to complete it. Sure. All right. I have seen every episode of... Whose line is it anyway? My favorite meal ever is... Sushi. My favorite candle scent is... I'm gonna just going to have to go with the basic lavender. It's just my all-time favorite. But I will say that I had COVID back in July and I can't smell. I had so it in March and I couldn't smell for like two months. Okay, did it come back? It did after two months. I'm almost there. I'm almost <gasps> two months. Did you have to do anything or it just came back on its own? It came back on its own. But it kind of- Little tiny pieces, tiny bits. Yes. That's exactly what was happening for about two months. I really about a month and a half, it was gone on yeah. vacation. I don't even know what was happening. And then the last like two weeks, it would be there for like lunch and then gone. Yes, that's the part. So it will come back. I promise you, it will come back. You, it this is why I'm here today. You have, thank you. That brings me much peace that I need. Thank you. I'm so happy. I can say lavender, I'll say lavender. Oh my goodness. No, I seriously was putting my face in like a whole bag of alcohol wipes and I couldn't smell anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. Cause the, the, we have four dogs and one of the dogs farted and he goes, Oh my God. And I was like, Hey, good news. Can't smell it. Can't smell it. I know. I would go to the fridge and be like, what should I have for dinner? I guess I'll have a broccoli stock cause I can't taste it anyway. <laughs> It's awful, and it makes you very grateful for your senses. Yay, that's good. Okay, next one. If I were a superhero, my power would be? Be really a fast runner. <laughs> I like I that one. I have my whole life, and I'm the slowest jogger you've met. I would like, at one point, run fast. <laughs> Each day I get older, I realize. I realize that I should have 
not worried about things I worried about. I let go. I don't worry as much. Each day I get older. Because there's things you stressed over and it doesn't mean anything. And then you're just left stressed with the same situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And then someone wise once told me. Someone wise once told me that forgiveness is for the strong. Ooh, that's good. And I think that's a really good way to probably get out of your head too and live a little bit more of life. Preach, sister. <laughs> Thank you, Becca, so much for doing this. There's so much wisdom in this podcast and your testimony and your story and what you've done with your journey and your wounds and your traumas and turn that into healing for yourself, not only for yourself, but for so many women is such an inspiration and you spread the light and you're an inspiration for me to go spread the light. So thank you. You're welcome. And thanks for having me and tell all your fans to buy our stuff online. Yes. Thistle Farms, y'all. Come by and see us sometime. And thank you. Love, love. Of course. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. If you want to know more about Thistle Farms, go to thistlefarms.org. And you guys, seriously, please go support this amazing cause that is changing women's lives every single day. Go buy their candles, their essential oils. They have so many great things on the website and perfect holiday gifts. So go out, get yourself a t-shirt, support some women that are making amazing products and support women getting back up on their feet, guys. Also, you can go follow them on Instagram at Thistle Farms. And if you want to go follow me, at Olivia Lane Music. And again, you can go watch the video and song for my brand new Christmas song, Feeling Like Christmas, and then add it to all of your holiday playlists, guys. Woohoo! Um, love y'all. Sending you so much light and love this week. And I will see you next week for another episode of the Living Instead podcast. And as always, I hope you stop living in your head and start living your life instead. <laughs>